Groveland Farm is a place that feels like an old school farm, the kind of place our grandparents or great grandparents grew up on. There's lots of different animals, big areas for those animals to graze and roam and be in their natural environment. It's also a multi-generational place as Ben's parents live on the yard and they all farm together. And this was actually how I grew up too. I'm Jen Sharp, host of the documentary series Flat Out Food and this podcast. Flat Out Food airs on City TV Saskatchewan and is filmed solely in Saskatchewan. Each episode highlights an ingredient and traces that ingredient's journey from the farmer's field to the chef's plate while uncovering inspiring stories along the way. I'm joined today by Caitlin Shrope, and on season three, she took on the task of interviewing a few of this season's participants so we can get to know them and their passions better. So I titled this episode, Don't Work With Your Family. And I picked that title because it's often something that we are warned to not work with your family. Because it's true, working with your family can be really difficult, but it's actually really common for people in Saskatchewan who farm. Like yourself, Jen, I was wondering if you could tell me what it was like for you growing up on a farm. Yeah, and you're so right. I mean, working with the family on the farm is is pretty common in Saskatchewan. I'm sure lots of other places all over the world too. The family takes care of each other and takes care of the farm. And really, it's it's too much work for one family to do. You need extended family members. And if we like trace it back in history, say like when my family immigrated here from various parts of Europe, like they came and, you know, there's big groups and there's extended family and they're all working together and helping each other homestead and do all the, all the tasks that are, again, just too much for like a sole couple to do. But growing up in that environment, and it wasn't a huge extended family, but it was like my grandparents and then my aunt and uncle also farm nearby us and great aunts and great uncles were also in the area too. And it's this sense of community, yes, and also camaraderie. Like you always have someone to help out and to take care of things. And you know, like if you get stuck out in the tractor, someone's going to come pull you out. You're not alone. And there can definitely be a feeling of aloneness sometimes on these vast prairie plains (laughs) that we live on in central Saskatchewan. But it also instills this sense of like what family means and the values that go into farming and growing and raising food, not just for the extended community or for export out of the country, but for ourselves. And my mom and my grandma always had big gardens. And uh, one of my fondest memories was learning how to grow vegetables and weed and play in the dirt with both of them and just being out in the garden and then cleaning off the vegetables and bringing in the harvest, all those types of things and riding in the tractor with my dad or in the combine with my grandpa. Like those were just childhood memories that were instilled in me. And it was Yeah, it was growing food and it was also the work that goes into growing food for people and taking pride in that. But I think that having experience with more rural lifestyle, whether it's a small town or a farm, just being close to agriculture is quite common for a lot of people in Saskatchewan. And you spent a good chunk of your childhood on the farm too, right, Caitlin? Yeah, so my immediate family did not farm, but my aunts and uncles and my grandparents did. So I just got to be there and I got to see how farms worked. And I always really, really appreciated that. And I really took that into my later years of life and now going on to flat out food. And 
visiting all these really small scale farms and being able to see how they run and, you know, really feeling that uh, immediate connection to my childhood and spending time on the farm. You know, as soon as you get out of the car and you smell those smells of a farm, it kind of sends you right back to growing up. So I remember that day of filming at Groveland and we we came in like we all the crew drove in early that morning and we had spent the last few days filming at indoor locations and I remember just being so excited to be outside and on the farm and under the sun and the smells and when I was filming one of the segments with Lisa that day we were in the hen house collecting eggs and just you know getting dirty and the feathers and everything else that of course happens in the hen house and it was a, just a tiny little space and you had to get the camera in there and the angles right and the lighting and fit Lisa and I in and then make sure you could see the eggs and in the little layer boxes. And I was just so happy to be in this tiny little hen house with the smell of, of chicken everywhere. <laughs> I was lucky enough to sit down with Ben and Lisa inside their home to actually like talk about their farm and how it kind of came to be. So we sat down at their wooden table in their kitchen and, you know, was taking in my surroundings and noticing the creaks of the table. But then I look over and I see their fridge and their fridge was plastered with pictures and messages from their family and friends. And when I looked at that, I was just like, you know, people live here and you know that family is so important. To these people just by looking at their fridge and I thought that was a like telltale sign of the type of people that Ben and Lisa are yeah you know I think uh when you see a fridge door like that just so full of messages and pictures of love it just really says that's a life well lived As we turned left off the gravel road, the driveway at Grovenland Farm seemed to stretch on for a long time. Against the bright blue sky was a row of lush trees and long grasses, rustling as far as our eyes could see. A group of large pigs to the right huddled around a shelter, hiding from the hot summer sun. Then on your left, you'd see a group of smaller ones, although you might not because they might be hiding in the tall grass. And then you start to see gardens, sometimes with sort of walls of round bales to be a wind block. There are two households on the yard. You'd pass my parents' house first, which is an old schoolhouse. Then you get to our house, which is the original farmhouse that my grandpa built. In our travels for Flat Out Food, we have visited many Saskatchewan farms of all kinds and sizes. It's funny saying it's a, if, if I said it was a large or a small farm, it's always relative to what people sort of have for expectations. So in Saskatchewan, this is a very small farm. We have three quarter sections, and a quarter section is about 160 acres. Part of the thing with our small, like having small acreage is, is it was a limitation I wanted in the sense that it forced us to be more creative and to figure out a way to farm that was that, that could work with that. So we wanted to find enterprises that we could do on the farm that could be really close to the yard or that didn't require uh, sort of the, the type of extensive farming that's usually done in Saskatchewan. Ben and Lisa Martins-Bartell are the owners of Grovenland Farm. Their property, which was once a fully operational dairy farm run by Ben's parents, was transformed once Lisa and Ben moved back to Saskatchewan. Today, Grovenland Farm produces pastured pork and chickens, as well as grass-finished cattle, vegetables, and eggs. 
Lisa, because you didn't grow up here, I was wondering if you could tell me what your first impression was of this farm when you saw it for the first time. The first time I came here, it was winter, probably Christmas, and I noticed how incredibly windy it is here. (laughs) I grew up in the trees, and here there's a lot of wide open spaces, but in the summer it's beautiful to, to look out my living room window and see the cows and the pigs out in the pasture right from inside. Can you remember the first time that this place felt like home and you felt like part of the family here? Denise did a really great job and very intentional about letting this be my home. Because when we moved here, we lived in another house. And when we moved on to the farm, we just traded houses. They moved into the house we were living in and we moved into the original farmhouse. I had three little kids and couldn't keep up the flowers and the gardens and the pretty stuff that she had. And Ben's parents made a very deliberate effort to be like, this is your place and whatever we wanted in this space to, to make it our own. After spending only one day at Grovenland Farm, it was clear that the family was very close-knit. Ben and Lisa knew that being near family was important to them, so they decided to move home to Ben's family farm. One of the the motivations in the moment that I remember was kind of that that exact thing where it's like the relative ease and the idea that, that if suddenly we just need somebody to be taking the kids or if the kids just need somewhere to go to get a snack or whatever, you know, like having grandparents nearby is nice. They can come and take the kids or they could come and just help out for the afternoon. But being able to say like, you need something? Go to grandma. I'm, was, was one of the things I remember us talking about being like, actually, because we, when we first moved here, we weren't on the yard. But, but I remember at the time thinking like, if you really want to take advantage of, of this sort of the, like the lifestyle that we kind of want, being on the yard together would be more true to that idea. I feel like a lot of people don't even think about those generational spaces anymore, having your parents next door and having your kids in the house still. So why here and why not the next farm down the road? One of the pieces of advice that we got when we interned before we came here was don't farm with your family. And we're like, well, that's exactly what we're going to do. And I can't quite imagine farming like this without having another set of adults here. So many times being at market or doing deliveries and knowing that the school bus is coming at a certain time and I'm not home yet or can't be home yet and there's three other adults that can be on the farm. I don't think I could have done it like this without having so many people here on the on the yard. So as we spent time at the farm that day, like we learned pretty quickly how Ben and Lisa and then Denise and John, they had these similar goals when it came to food and how they wanted to feed their families. Yeah, this generational aspect is something that I find so interesting. I remember when we pulled up to the farm, we were actually first graded by Denise and I was like, are we sh- like, are we sure we're at the right place? Because I didn't really know that much about the family beforehand, but I was like, I swear the woman's name is Lisa, not Denise. And then I quickly figured out that that's Ben's parents and, and then even quicker found out that this whole entire operation, this whole entire farm is based on family. You know, the, like the history of farming in Ben and Lisa's family, like Ben's parents, that's John and Denise, and they were dairy farmers and coming at things from a, a more conventional standpoint. And Ben and Lisa had this idea to do a more regenerative, like a holistic model of multi-species and having different income streams for the farm and then marketing their products directly to the consumer, which isn't what a typical dairy would do. And so it's a lot different model. It's a very different model of farming than what John and Denise had been doing. 
and it's not something that's as common in Saskatchewan. But when Ben and Lisa approached them with this idea and this way of running the business, they said, like, they jumped in and they said, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's take this risk. And, you know, we're going to have to learn how to do a lot of things differently, but they were willing to do it and to do it together. And so this point about running a business that they're talking about in the interview and the way that they take care of the animals and the children, like this way of life, really, it, it, is, it does harken back to what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast of like, this is how my ancestors came to Canada and how they farmed. But this life, you know, it was never something intended for people to do it all alone. Like back in the days when an agrarian lifestyle was more common in Saskatchewan, like even if you lived out in the middle of nowhere, you still, you always had neighbors that looked out for one another, even if maybe you didn't have that bigger extended family. But it was more common to live with extended family as well because you needed people to help on the farm. Like you can't do it all alone if you've got, you know, multi-species and you're doing eggs and you're marketing direct to consumer and all the different aspects. So the way that they make this work, like the two generations and then the kids getting involved, I think it's really like bringing part of that like tradition, that agrarian tradition of Saskatchewan into modernity and then making it work. And we really got to sit down with the family at lunchtime and really get to know them and kind of see firsthand how their family interacts and how they live together. Yeah, and you know, that's, that's one of the really unique opportunities we get when we're filming episodes of Flat Out Food because we get to spend a whole day with people usually and just spend time off camera and talking about things that they're passionate about. And so I remember that day, John and Denise had made like a big pot of soup and a loaf of sourdough bread. And it was a hot day and they'd had it set up on the deck and we took our bowls and our bread with big heaps of butter and we sat under the trees and there was a big circle of us, the whole family and the crew, like all eight of us, and like literally broke bread together and just talked farming and filming and all of our shared passions. And the day, like the lunch just kept kind of flowing and more conversations happened. And I think it was, if I remember right, it was kind of hard to end it and get back to work and to filming. So we just wanted to sit and talk under those trees for hours. All of us were motivated by what we wanted to eat and how we wanted to source it. All of us individually before we farmed together became more concerned about the environmental sustainability of where our food comes from. Because the kind of farming we do is frankly kind of odd. I'm okay being the weird farmer. <laughs> um, and so when we suggested to them that like, hey, do you want to try something totally different that I don't know if it's going to make us any money and it might be a lot of work? They were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> Most farming successions are within the family, and I know a common challenge is for the new generation, if they want to do things that are kind of their own thing, that might not be okay. But I feel really fortunate that it was okay, that it worked for my parents to be able to transition to something really different. They wanted us to take the lead, and I'll be honest, my grandpa, when dad took over, even though dad was taking over an established dairy business, dad did it his own way and grandpa didn't say anything. And I think my parents were, were equally deliberate about being like, even though we were farming together, we were a partnership, but, but they really wanted us to take the lead and wanted to make sure that that would work. But grandpa modeled that. And what are your guys' hopes and dreams for the next generation on this farm? Are you hoping you move one house over and one of your kids moves in or what's your guys' thoughts on that? 
Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Our kids are still pretty young. I am a little more intentional than my parents were about letting the kids know that we would dearly love to work with them. And if that meant changing the farm in the future so they could take the lead or if they wanted to do something similar to what we're doing, we'd love to do it with them. And it's like, you know, whatever they want to do, because that, that's how it was for me. If you're willing to be creative on a farm, there's actually probably a lot of options out there for what you could do on a parcel of land that, though small compared to most farms, it's 450 acres. That's actually a lot of space. <laughs> so we're just making that part of their upbringing, kind of, that, that we'd love it if the kids worked with us, but we'd, we don't know for sure. Toward the end of a day filming on Flat Out Food, we will often end with our signature hero shot. The hero shot is set up by placing a camera on a set of dolly tracks with our participant standing at the end. The goal of this shot is to feature the participant in a powerful way. So, we will have them stare into the camera lens and the camera will slowly push in. For Ben and Lisa, we decided to try our luck at having Ben hold a chicken and it turned out perfect. Obviously the day's not over yet, but I was wondering if you could speak to what it means to you to be able to share your business, your farm with Saskatchewan. So many people are so disconnected from their food. And the more people connect with a farm, with farmers, with where their food comes from, the more people care about the quality, care about how it is raised, how it is grown. So sharing that story is not just to talk about who we are, but it's to build that relationship that these are the people that grow my food. These are my farmers. It's pretty exciting. I mean, the thing about being a farmer who direct markets everything and we always wanted to be really intentional about meeting people and bringing people in and bringing people to the farm. Well, that's what the film crew is also, right? There's a group of people that's coming to the farm and, and then the beauty of that is then, then they can turn around and, and broadcast it to the world. So that, that's pretty exciting. It's trying to do something that we, we want the world to, to know about and when we want to share. After we packed up the trailer and were set to head home for the weekend, we stopped for a snack and a drink on the deck with the whole family. The crew is always so grateful for days like these. So what I really love about Ben and Lisa, besides the way that they're growing and raising food, which I find incredibly inspiring, but it's the way they're raising their kids to be such a part of the farm. And their three children were engaged pretty much the entire day we were filming. They were hanging out with the crew and asking us questions, but also sharing a lot of stories about the animals or about taking care of them or the garden and just what daily life was like. Just this, like, including kids in the farm and making them feel that they have a responsibility to also produce food for people and for themselves. I think it's just so important and it's a part of our modern society that is really missing. I mean, a lot of us come from an agrarian kind of rural background, but a lot of us have moved to the cities or towns and we've become a bit disconnected from our food. And that's a bit, that's a natural progression. It's pretty hard to farm and raise food when you live in a city. I mean, you can have a backyard garden and maybe a few chickens, depending on the city you live in, but you can't have that farm experience. And if we look at numbers throughout Saskatchewan and Canada, the age of farmers, the average age is going up every year. So the median age of farmers right now is late 50s, early 60s, and there are not enough young people coming up in farming to replace the older generation when they retire. So what that means is that we do not have enough people in society that know how to grow food. 
I don't want to get all doom and gloom, but it is, it is a, a dire situation if we don't have people that can produce food for us. On the other hand, when you see like these families like Ben and Lisa and the way they're raising their children to be excited about growing food and to see possibilities in it, and that, yeah, it can be a viable career choice and very fulfilling, and that there's a future and a livelihood for you, like that just makes me ecstatic about the future of small, sustainable farming in Saskatchewan. Yeah, I remember watching those kids just like live a farm life and it kind of took me back to my childhood when I would go visit you know my grandma's farm and we would just go play on the bales and I remember I had my camera in my hand and I just was really drawn to like photograph one of the boys like climbing on bales or playing with the cat because I was just like that's what that's what this is all about it's all about raising like you said raising not only food but people and it was just really amazing to see how Ben and Lisa are fostering their children's growth not only as people but as future farmers. Yes, you know, it's it's a humble job. It's one that doesn't often get a lot of praise. But in my humble opinion, I would say farming and growing food for people is the most important job there is. And the way Ben and Lisa are doing it in a way that regenerates the soil and just creates a really healthy, biodiverse ecosystem where all species thrive And then the people that eat that food are made even healthier by it. And the children that have a part in all of it, it's this beautiful cycle that I think can really be the future for how we grow food in this province. Flat Out Food, the podcast, is produced by Halter Media and written by Caitlin Schroep and myself, Jen Sharp. Flat Out Food is funded by Rogers Sports and Media, the Canada Media Fund, Creative Saskatchewan, and the Canadian Film Production Tax Credit. To learn more about Flat Out Food, follow us on social media. You can watch all the episodes of Flat Out Food, along with some bonus content at citytv.com.